Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is Mr. Peter Marshall. We're welcoming back for uh, part 17 of the Director's Series. So be sure to stay tuned. Join us in the chat room if you're listening live. And if you're listening archived, that option's not available to you. But next time, join us live and it will be. All of the interviews, I'm going to tell you more about Peter in just a moment, but all of our interviews are recorded live and then they're archived and they are available 24-7 at the interviews blog at RexSykes.com. That's the official URL for Rex Sykes Movie Beat. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name. I'm your host. And they're also available at the iTunes store as podcasts, so you can take them with you wherever you go. There's nearly 300 hours of programming, so be sure to uh, to listen to them all because they're really great, uh, informative shows. They're uh, professional filmmakers like Peter today, giving away the forum, giving away secrets, tips, suggestions, how-tos, what to do, what not to do, you know, so that you can advance your career and make your projects, get them to market quicker, uh, easier, and less expensively. So, uh, we should, you know, I encourage you to go back and listen to all of the interviews. Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I'm connecting up with people, professional people who are making it happen. All we ask in return is that you do two things for us. Share these. Uh, Contact all your uh, filmmaker and movie maker friends and uh, fans and industry contacts and let them know about Rex Ike's Movie Beat and the interviews, the discussions, the conversations we're having with professional filmmakers so they too can benefit and so they too can listen in. And then also we ask you to leave comments uh, during the show. The comment window is underneath the player where you're listening live or where you're listening archived. And before you go away, just leave a comment. Now, with some browsers, that window is not available until after the browser closes. So what we ask you to do is leave comments. There's so many people who listen to the show, and not enough of you leave comments. And what that does when you leave a comment is it extends our reach through the Internet. It makes us more visible. It makes us more prominent. It makes it more likely that other people can find us by way of your comment. Also at the podcasts, at iTunes, rate and review those. That helps us immensely. And it would really help us immensely if you give us, you know, whatever it is, five, ten star rating. Um, that's always, always a great asset. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about my, my friend Peter Marshall. He's going to be coming back. Uh, I'm not going to read an, uh, an official biography today. I'm just going to tell you that Peter is a walking encyclopedia of filmmaking. He's probably uh, forgotten more about filmmaking than I or many people ever know about filmmaking and he's worked as an ad and he's done the ad series course here at the uh, rex x movie Beat. uh he's worked as a director in film and television documentary uh in all sorts of different kind of programming 
and uh, and he's doing our director series. Now this is number seventeen. We're t- we've talked about script analysis and what the director does to break it down uh, and to and to work with a script, you know, before uh, shooting so that uh, he can get his vision up on the screen, the writer's vision up on the screen. Uh, we talked about stuff about during production. Now we're talking about working with actors and have been for a while. So if this is your first time listening, don't let that dissuade you. Listen, you're going to learn lots, and then go back and listen to the other episodes uh, as you can. All right, without any further hesitation, I'm going to bring Peter on and say, good morning, Peter, how are you? Good morning, Rex. I'm very I'm very well, thank you. Well, I'm so glad to have you back. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's been just about a month, I would guess that it's been. I think so. Uh, how are things for you? <clears throat> things are going great. Uh, I have a little bit of a break right now. I have about three weeks off, and in my second week, and uh, it's kind of a joyous thing, you know, when that happens. Of course, uh, you and I were talking just before the show, and it's like, but it's all the work that's piled up on your desk. Oh yeah, right. I got to get to that now. So, but it's nice. I'm sitting here looking out at the. Uh, the mountains in uh, West Vancouver, and it's all fogged in, and uh, but there's no snow, and uh, there's snow way up in the mountains, but uh, it's just very nice. It's a very beautiful day. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's very cool. I want to point out that uh, Peter's website is, is actioncutprint.com. Uh, it's in the chat room, but it's actioncutprint.com, and Peter has uh, the director's chair in e-zine, and I always, why do I always space it? The the blog, film directing is, tips. Film directing tips. You would think I would remember <laughs> that. I, I always go the director. Rex sites movie beat. Oh, who's there? <laughs> Sometimes it's so easy, isn't it? It is amazing. Film directing tips with Peter Marshall, the director's chair. The easy did actioncutprint.com. He's got lots of great, valuable, valuable information you're going to get your hands on, as well as fabulous programs. So be sure to uh, go and visit his website and and subscribe to the blog and the e-zine. Awesome. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you you have so much content and you provide so much in the way of content and links and you know uh, with your with your blog and with your e-zine. I I just don't know how you how, one how you find the hours in the day and two how you can how you can sit and type that much and get everything well, done. Well, I think the basic thing is it's create a system. And uh, I've been online since, you know, I've had my website since year 2000, so I've been up and running. But <clears throat> with all my blog posts and everything else, I do everything and sort of pre-program it. This might be slightly off topic, but it's all about filmmaking and social media and networking. And, right. And I kind of pre-program all through WordPress all of my blogs that I put out, every, that come out every day. And uh, I use all that. I, you know, and so it takes me an hour, an hour and a half on a weekend just to kind of go through my stuff and put them all up so they're out there. And then I just pick things up during the day on Twitter and Hootsuite and stuff like that. It's, but it is, it's like a routine, it's like anything else. You know, I do something I, in the morning. First things I do are sort of upload everything that I need to be done every day, and uh, it's done. It's creating the system. So. But uh, it's and it's uh, you know it's great because it gets the word out there and it's part of what we're doing is to spread the word you know about filmmaking. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right, that's that's awesome. Let's uh, 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 just a uh, uh, step back a little bit. We were talking about you know text and subtext for actors and 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 how motive determines behaviors and character objectives with. Um, you know that the director works with the a character analysis and development that the director and the actor can work on together in terms of uh, performance, and then the actor and director relationship. And now we're going to talk specifically about working with actors and and what what as a director what 
how do you start your approach when 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 dealing with an actor? Now, uh, there are two types of actors. One is the, or maybe more than that, but there's, you know, the celebrity actor who is, you know, a big star, commands lots of money, and maybe intimidating just by virtue of that fact, not because they're an intimidating personality, you know. And then there are the actors who are not so big and everyday people, you know, or and or then there's the beginning actor, the person who's getting one of their first or second opportunities to come onto the set and work. How do you approach actors? What, what do you? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, but uh, I think that the overall thing is, it's like anything else. An actor is a human being, and human beings respond to to, to certain things universally. And I think that's one thing to remember. And, of course, one of the key things, no matter what you're doing, and and we started the AD series off like this, and we started the directing series off like this, is about politics. Uh-huh. And it's very important to understand the politics of whatever you're doing. The poli- every, every show has its own politics. Is it is it a TV series, or is it a feature, or is it an independent movie you're doing? I mean, for example, you really have to understand the politics. If, if I'm going to direct a TV series... Um, you don't walk into the the actor or the actress that's been on the show for five years, and you're walking in and you're giving them how to change things. No, they know their character much better than you will. You're there to enhance performance, to figure shots, to put layers on, to guide them in a direction. But they're they're they they know they know what they're doing. They they know their character. Um, so that's one way of approaching it, and, and it's uh, sometimes a little bit of a minefield, like anything we're talking about. But you approach it that you know, it's like you do, like in a TV series, the DP pretty well has the lenses they shoot, the the filters they use, because that's the style of the show. The produce it's producer's medium, and you as a director walk in, you kind of agree, thank you very much, do your seven days, get out. <laughs> um, and, and so you have to approach it that way. If you're doing um, like a, a small movie, independent movie as a director, where you know you're working with a producer, or maybe you're the producer, you obviously have much more control in the whole process. Obviously, uh, therefore, the actors you choose, you have much more uh, ability to work with the actors. Because in TV series, just to go back, that you're in the room with the producers, and the producers have the final say in everything. So you may like one actor, but they don't, and they're going to choose somebody else ultimately. So politics, uh, I always start with that. I think that's a very major thing to do, uh, to understand the politics of your situation. And um, the other thing is, uh, before you deal with actors, you have to understand your script. That's why we talk about script breakdown, script analysis. If you don't understand your script, if you don't understand the scene objectives, uh, all of that kind of work, what's the theme, uh, what's the scene needed for, uh, how you're getting in and out of the scene from transitions. If you don't understand that, it's going to be difficult talking with actors because you're because you're the one that needs to understand uh, the, how the whole thing puts together. So before you you know before you start talking with actors, you need to know. I guess let's recap: politics of your situation you're in because everything's mm-hmm. a little different. Number two, you have to do your script work. You have to do your homework. Now you walk in, and now you say you have three different categories, sort of the celebrity actor, the journeyman actor, right, the one that works all the time, and the right. beginning actor. Uh, I like that breakdown. That's very good. I'm stealing that, by the way. I've written it down, and I will <laughs> claim it uh, from Rex Sykes. Um, but it's so true. And um, if we look at the beginning actor first, uh, the someone who is um, uh, very young or, or new to the game, you don't have to be young, 
but this is the person that maybe is the the waitress who has uh do you want more do you want to fill up that's all the line they have right uh right. to the two stars sitting at the table um they have to become in the blocking the whole thing you have to understand human nature uh first is are they going to be slightly nervous most likely and uh it's about calming nerves it's about and of course the main thing we talked about earlier in one of the earlier episodes here is about uh trust and um no matter what kind of actor you are or what kind of person you are one of the most important things they want an actor wants from a director is trust do we trust you um and that is something that needs to build up and sometimes you have uh maybe only 5 minutes to build that trust i've literally walked on the tv series on the day of shooting and and I have not seen casts that I've cast through videotapes and I didn't get the chance to see them the night before at all or for whatever reason. I walked in, hey, I'm your director for the week. Hi, my name is Pierre Marshall. I mean, literally, you, you have five minutes or you try to grab them the night before for a coffee or a drink or something just to talk about characters. It's very frustrating that way. Uh, that's TV series. That's sort of the name of the game. It's the animal. But beginning actors, it's it's like the overall concept we're going to talk about today is the same for everybody. Actor is an actor, right? And they all have insecurity issues, and they need to trust the actor, and they all have a variety of experience and different methods as well. So it's it's like a huge minefield that a director walks into. and uh, But really it starts with just, like I said, understanding the actor's language is the key to this because the other thing, you notice how I never answer a question? I sort of, I sort of give this big buildup. Because we can't, and because it does a disservice to the audience, too. Oh, well, this is what you do. Uh, you do this, this, this. You can only give guidelines because each, right. each situation is different. Uh, the director is different with the actor. I mean, the actors together could team up. and You know, there's this whole, like I said, it is a bit of a minefield. But the first, your knowledge of human behavior, of human psychology, uh, about the politics of it, if you understand your script work and understand analysis, and and listen to the actors, you're already a step ahead of a lot of directors out there who just demand do it again, do it again, do it again, and get no input from the director. So I'm going to basically say right now that you treat everyone as the same. I mean, the politics with a celebrity actor is one thing, but they still want trust. And, of course, there's more at stake, isn't there? So that mm-hmm. you get an actor, a celebrity actor, that comes in, he's either the lead uh, on a movie or a TV show, whatever you're doing, they have more at stake. And uh, and so you're going to need to work with them a bit more, and you have to, and they're, because they're the celebrity actor and you're not a celebrity director most likely, uh, it's how do you get what you want uh, from them. Uh, and But the key, key to the whole thing of directing is also watching and listening and, and not being what I call take your blinders off because actors will give you something maybe new as long as it's going in the same direction that you can go with it. And uh, so it is a, it's a it's a difficult process and some of the things we'll talk about today will help on the, on the overview. But yes, there is a slightly different way of approaching everyone, but I think I've sort of sort of mentioned the two or three things you need to know and you can get everybody on your side. And then if people are insecure, and in a position of power, and they act up. There's probably not much. You can, there's not much you can do about it, anyways. Um, get the shots. You know, tell the story. Uh, be simple. Uh, and 
and you know just again go I go back to the politics I can't really do anything else but one of the key areas is is is, is talking the language it's very much like which I think we'll segue into now because it's like when you talk to the director of photography if you understand what a 50 mil lens can do uh you can understand uh, if you can talk their language it endears people closer to you so the more you know about language of film in all its capacities, everything from pre-production, production, into post-production, and you know ADR and Foley, and you know what this all is. You don't have to push buttons, but you need to know what it's done. It, it, the people say, "Oh, well, here's somebody that kind of can speak my language. I kind of like that." And I think that's one of the areas that's very important, especially with working with actors. And you alluded, uh, you know, to text and subtext, and that's really. One of the key areas of dealing with actors is is understanding the two layers of the script, because the writer, uh, the script is written in in the text. I mean, that's what we read words on a paper, but beneath that is the subtext, and the actors work in the world of subtext. They will trans the words on a paper. Any anybody can stand in front of a camera and just recite words. And, uh, I mean, some can do it better than others, obviously. But it's like the beats, the moments, the inflections in the words, um, what's not said. Those are, That's the subtext, what's really going on. And if you know your subtext uh, for each scene and you know your subtext, what's happening within that with an actor, you can speak in that realm with them because that's what the actors need to hear. They need to understand that you understand their language and what they're going through. What an answer. <laughs> it's excellent, excellent. Very cool. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but it is it is a big question, Rex, and it's something that I know a lot of <clears throat> directing students that I have got or have um, asked me, and it's really you have to treat everybody with the same respect, and you as a director have to do your homework. And then, and then it's just how much experience do you have on set and everything else that's going to it's going to account for that. You just cannot take away um, set experience. Just being there, you know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt kind of things. You, you've got battle scars all over you, and and I think that counts for a whole a whole lot of things. Um, I certainly certainly agree, and and think that. Um, the director wears so many hats. I mean, besides, you know, chief architect and storyteller and, and that the fact. What you said a moment ago I think is so important. Um, and it's true everywhere. In other words, if I have, you know, a German and, a, and an Asian and a, a Pole, Polish person and a Spaniard all in a room and I try and speak to them using English and none of them speak English, I'm going to have a lot of problems. But if I can speak each one of their language, if I if I can understand their culture, if I understand the person and maybe some of uh, you know the psychology of the people and in dealing with people in different cultures, I can more immediately and effectively communicate with them. And so the director, you know, understanding the language of film, understanding the the language and the mindset of the actor, uh, you know, is is sometimes like you know, big dad or big brother or psychologist or, I mean, you know, there's there's so many different ways to think about um, what needs to be done on a moment to moment basis. 
that the director has to handle. You know, mm-hmm. he's got to get the shot. He's got to he's you know, he's got to make sure his actors are you know doing what they're supposed to be doing, not just the technical, the blocking and the lighting and the you know rehearsing and the and getting it you know on the camera, but but does have to deal with with all of the different kinds of behaviors they bring and mindsets they bring to the production. Yes. And they can be varied. I mean, some people walk on and it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, they put on their hat and they're the actor and they walk off and they're happy and another person comes on and they're, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a brooding puddle of insecurity and another person <laughs> comes on and they're a technician and another person comes on and they're a, a, you know, more method. I mean, you know, you, you deal with, you deal with people. Yes. So, so understanding what you said about the politics and understanding how to deal with people, uh, Joe, the vampire mob in the uh, chat room said it's also social engineering, which um, I like as a as a concept because it certainly makes a lot of sense. Well, it is. I mean, it really when what we're talking about is there's a basic quality that has to happen. It's called interaction with somebody else, and that is all about the psychology of it, like you said, social interaction, understanding human behavior. I mean, I've said this several times on your show, and it it really starts with that. If you, in your own life, are quiet, uh, you know, insecure, uh, you don't talk with people, you're not a very, you don't know how to tell jokes, I mean, you're always the one standing against the wall, you're going to have a hard time directing or dealing with anything just because it's not a personality that you have. Directors tend to be, again, um, and because of all the things you mentioned, fairly outgoing people, sort of A personalities, because it's just an enormous job. I mean, director of photography, first ADs. I mean, you don't, you're not really wallflowers in these positions. This is not. This is the film business is a business of big personalities, right? Large, big, booming personalities. That's what you're. That's what this business is about. And a lot of people get stomped on and swallowed up buy this because it's either first either it's not their personality or they don't care about it so it doesn't matter but it's like if you're going to work in the big guns if you're going to work in that environment and slowly build yourself up into you know fortunately me being sort of AD on a lot of big Hollywood movies and working with studios and, and big celebrity academy award winning stars all of that it's like after a while you realize that we're all doing the same thing, that everybody just, do you do your job? Are you doing your job? What kind of person are you? What's your personality? Can I trust you in any capacity? You know, there's actors that I've watched on set that, you know, gravitate to the focus puller or the dolly grip or the electric, you know, whatever, because they're all real people, or that's the right. sensibility. If the director, you know, from an actor's point of view, if the director doesn't give an actor feedback... Um, they're going to look for somebody else. They're going to look over right. to the first AD or the costume supervisor or somebody. And go, well, how did I do? You know, and right. sometimes just I, I spent. I know a lot of time when I was a first AD. You know, the director would call, okay, cut, moving on. We're going over here, blah blah blah. And you have an actor just literally had, you know, committed harikari in front of everybody. You know, <laughs> and their emotions are all over the floor, and we're all running off. And I just go over and pat them on the back or a thumbs up or a smile or something. And you know, you're an actor. We you need that. You got to go. How did I do? And, you know, there's this sensitivity um, uh, about just, it's about respect. Maybe it's about respect, you know. Well, I, I would venture that nobody goes into acting to act by themselves out in the middle of the desert. You know, they, they're they into performance, and while it's an expression and they may feel great being these characters, 
they typically go into it to have an audience. I mean, that's that's part, I think, of the... I mean, there may be somebody who's, you know, like at home right now doing a scene by themselves and they don't care that anyone ever sees it. I think that's a little on the odd side. Um, frankly, I think it's a lot on the odd side. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, we go into, I think, singing. Some people sing for themselves, but, but, you know, if you want to be a professional singer, obviously you're doing it so other people can hear you acting really does require an audience you're doing something in front of someone for it's like doing magic at home and you're you know why would you do a magic trick if somebody wasn't going to see it mm-hmm. so with that in mind that we all have at least some element in us that desires to perform for other people we do want that feedback we want it that's what's so great about theaters that you get instant feedback and on a film set you may or may not get any real kind of feedback because there's no audience there other well, than the director the is exactly the director, director is your only audience, isn't it? Right. That's the only person that you're looking to to give you feedback because you don't have people applauding, crying, or laughing, right. or or silence or whatever. You know exactly. So like you need music. that. So that's why I think that's why we you know we cling and look for and want you know uh, director's approval. Now having said that, I, which I think that also is based on how much you trust the director, and that's based on what your working experience is like with the person and, and, and exactly. how they communicate with you. And, you know, and I think that's why, like, bigger stars don't want to work with, you know, young fledgling directors, you know, that kind of, um, necessarily, uh, because there is this trust thing. I, you want to know that you're in good hands and that the person is looking out for you and they're not going to make you look foolish and that they're going to take your best takes, not your worst, you know, that they know their business yes. of telling stories. And that is and that is so, I think, uh, crucial and and sometimes actors then either try and really buddy up and and you know and try to um, I don't know they become like performing seals for the director you know they they, they or they or they they glom on too much yeah you know they're insecure so that they need everything from the director or, or as you said if they don't get it they'll go elsewhere and, and I firmly agree with that they as an actor you go elsewhere you, you go to whoever will acknowledge you and. And because uh, you're hoping, you're hoping that you're doing well and that you're yeah. doing right. So, yeah. Well, it it, it is, and and I because the key word again is trust, right? And and that's trust. a big issue for everybody, and especially in a business that's not a lot of trust around. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but again, you know, be that as it may, as there there's an expression that somebody says that be that as it may, this is the business we've chosen, and. It's like you're going to deal with this in an accounting office. It may be on smaller scale and maybe not as big egos, but it's still about trust. It's management versus the workers, uh, who's in charge, uh, how do you instill confidence in someone to you know, uh, get more work done or to just push the envelope. I mean, sports, coaches and sports teams, that's a perfect analogy. You know, um, It's all of that, and I think we know that. But really the key area you know, is – is really about, like I said, go back to it, and I will always, always go back to this. So it's what people just, it's like they get sick of hearing it, but you need to, it's all about the script. You know, you could, you, you could not be a very big people person and be very shy and, and, and almost be stone afraid of talking to actors, but if you know your script inside out and you know all the actors' language, you know that you, they're going to glom onto you. You know, actors will go, wow, that makes sense. Or if they go, you know, really a director has to be able to answer the question, why? Why do you want me to stand up? Why do you want me to say this line over? Why can't I change the line? You know, and if you know your script and you know everything about what the characters are going through and understand story, 
you're going to be so further ahead in directing um, that uh, it's just it'll be a pleasure, uh, nervous pleasure. I've always said that the of all the professionals on a set, the director is the only one that doesn't need any experience, and everything will still get done. And that's sort of a horrible thing to say, but it's so true. In my mm-hmm. over 30 years of working on sets, I've seen directors that can walk in and have like zero personality, zero knowledge, everything, and the show gets done. Right. Well, having said that, I, I in the not too distant past worked with a, a director who had great technical expertise. You know, could could you know edit in his head, knows the shots, can you know track you know lighting, continuity, everything else. You know, blah blah blah, but had virtually no people skills. Yes. And what you know, and so they could discuss the shot, they could get it all done, but but. Pretty soon, you know, all the actors were kind of up in arms and the crew were up in arms, and it, it literally was having to kind of go, you know, just forget about him. That's just how he is. You know, I mean, you're doing fine. You know, I mean, everything is going well. And just, and just, he just, you know, his head is somewhere else. He's busy with all these, you know, and, and to apologize really for him. Um, and you could only apologize and go, that's the kind of person he is. You know, it, it's, it's nothing, can't take that personally. But boy, what a, what a, a, uh, uh, I, I've worked on a lot of nightmare projects. But yeah, we uh, all have, yeah, yeah. In different capacities. And right. but you know what is like it's about respect too. I think that. I mean, I remember I was eighteen. Well, that was. Let me just interrupt you right there, yeah. and then and then I'll let you talk. But that was that was the the point. I, I guess more than anything else was that the, he he was so into his own head and in his own issues yeah. and his problems in the film that that there wasn't respect that was forthcoming to cast or crew. Right. It was almost this kind of dismissive thing, like, well, you should understand that, you know, you should right. know that kind of thing, and and that, I mean, that was a huge. I mean, you, I'm glad that you mentioned the word because that was exactly what the issue was with those people. If they just didn't feel respected by him, right. so well, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, and it's you know because this could be also be an insecurity on the director's part too. Oh, I'm sure it was. Uh, you know, sure. and there's one thing. It's about respect. And and I remember AD in a TV movie where the director, and I'm this is literally happened, was playing chess with the makeup artist during the rules. Oh wow! Like, like he's got the monitor, he's got his headset on, but he take us on and he moved, and the actors were out there performing, and they could see this. Now, let's talk about respect uh, there. Uh, you know, here's the director supposed to set a tone, and you got the crew, everyone looking around at each other. I mean, it's BS, right? And I guess more than anything that gets my ire up or my back, you know, the hairs on my back up, is that kind of stupid thing, that it's all about ego and self-importance and uh, or misplaced ego, right? We all have to have an ego in this business, and then as long as it's good, that's all right. But these are the kind of things. So, again, if we take the circle back in this conversation, it comes back to trust, doesn't it? It comes back to understanding people's skills uh, and really – you know that that is essentially what a director has to be able to do. You have to have certain people skills. Uh, you have to be able to use. Uh, I, I hate to use the word manipulate, but I want to use that in a in a good sense, not a bad sense. Of manipulate the scene, manipulate the the characters within the scene to go into a direction that everybody understands where they're going. Now that may seem counter, but that if the actors are aware of it, that okay, this is where we're going because of this. Uh, we, you know, you want to come in and yell and scream in this scene, but you know what? Two scenes down in the script, you have a big fight. And if you're really high at level here, when I put the scene together, this one, this next one, which is more important, is not going to seem as important because you're, you know what I'm saying? Like because you're already, oh, okay, I understand. 
right, or where the beats are. The actors do; they can read the script maybe once, and then they just look at their scenes, um, right. and they because it's the director's job to put the film together. And of course, the anomaly of filmmaking, unlike theater, of course, is we do not shoot in order. In a stage, right? Curtain goes right. up, actors come out, do their thing. Curtain down. You go to go, go get a drink. You come back. Curtain up. Act two. Curtain down. You go get a drink. Um, the director sits in the back. You know, after the first night in theater, the director's not even allowed backstage anymore. Uh, it's the actors, right? right. And so. That you can go through, you can manipulate the blocking a bit. Things change, people drop lines, actors have to pick it up. Theater is an amazing experience. And in, as an audience, we sit back, if you equate it to film, we're watching it all in a big wide shot. And we see this whole movie in front of us, but it's only in a wide shot in real time. Where in film, and so the, sorry, then the actors have that flow of beginning to middle to end, they can go with that flow. And so they know where they're going. But in film, the first scene they could be doing could be their death scene. Uh, You know, the act three, just because of logistics uh, or some actor availability. And so trying to get to that motivation into into that performance level, that's a lot why the actors have to rely on the director too. Because, well, where am I? This is, we're starting off with scene six. What happened in scene three and four? We haven't shot that yet. So sometimes you need, that's why you need to understand the script. You have to go through this. Part of a, a reason that you want to know script analysis, and even before you go on the set, and we've gone through this already in previous uh, interviews, but it's like the script, re- it's the script read-through with the actors and the rehearsals before you go on to set. You want to go through every scene in the script. Talk about the scene objectives. Talk about the character objectives. Where is everybody? Actors will make notes. Okay, I see where I am in here. I see where you're going. So that that work is done primarily before you step onto the set. And then, you know, even before that, you want to do some rehearsals of some scenes to talk about motivation. Where are we moving? Why are things happening? There's nothing like, you know, having 100 people stand around and have a director and actor talked about you know, the motivation of the scene. That should have been talked about, you know, previously. You know, what are my objectives? Well, if, if, you're, if you're talking about that already, uh, there's already a problem somewhere because this should have been, this is homework that should have been done both by the actor and the director ahead of time. Now, obviously, things come up because things change, and yes, uh, of course, but the overall concept is know the script, have the actors go through the script, everybody knows where they're going, and then when you're on the set... It becomes about the camera and the shots and some angles. It comes about it becomes about scene transitions, and then the director brings the actor, gets the actor involved in that, and then it becomes what I call the layers, the layering of performance, where then I'm not an actor. You're an actor, Rex. I hire you because of your professional ability and your look. You know, you go and show me something. Show me something I don't know about the character. But does it stay in the path that we're going? Is it in the direction we're going? Because I can move and say, I, you know, the way you said that line, I never saw that in my head. This is much better. Let's go that way. Or we pull it back and you go, Rex, this is, you know, I like your take of it, but the problem I'm having with it is that because of the next scene or whatever, as long as there's valid reasons, you know, it's the communication and the trust factor. You see how it all comes back to that knowledge and trust Oh, the actor, Yeah, the actor will go, well, okay, that sort of makes sense because 
you have to understand in a set, when you walk onto a movie set as a director, it's not all about you. Um, you know, it's like the props, it's wardrobe, it's the actors, it's the it's the lighting, it's the sound. I mean, every department wants it to be, to be about them on the movie. And uh, so you have all these diverging, well, okay, well, you have to move the light over to get the boom in. So now, the, so, you know, so what suffers, the boom, the, the sound, or the lighting when you try to make it up? So then you move the actor to fill, then it becomes technical. That's the world we live in in making movies. And so as a director, you need to really understand as much as you can about the technical concept of making films. I talk to film students uh, that, or in my own workshops as well, I do outside of the, the film school. But I say, well, what do I do now? Uh, where am I going? What should I do? I said, no matter what you're doing, keep doing your independent movies or your short films as a creative director, whatever. But you need to breathe and, and live, and you need to stand on set. You need to get the energy of the set. You cannot buy that. You cannot read that in a book anywhere. You cannot sit in a bar and hear stories from someone else. You have to physically experience being on a set, even as a PA or a gripper or who, whatever it is. Um, just uh, just being on set gives you the you, – you get the words. You, you, you get the feeling of it. And time factor comes in on that. All of a sudden, six months goes by. All of a sudden, four or five years goes by, and you get comfortable. That's a cool word, comfortable. And that I feel that it takes about five years in any position you're in to be comfortable on the set. You could know what you're going to be doing in maybe a year in training. And director, you'll never, ever know anyways. Just like an actor, we're always improving, always learning. But there's this comfortability that has to happen. And that when you walk into a set, it's like, okay, I'm on a set. I know this. Like I can walk into any set in the world and... If you have to take over and do something, as long as you have a little bit of prep time, you can walk into the situation because the camera's a camera, light's a light, and maybe people are speaking different languages or different kind of equipment or whatever it is, but you understand the process. And part of the nervousness and, and, and the hard part of making a movie, especially if you're in the technical area, and, and I include the director next because you have to know so much, right. is just to look around and see what's happening. And if you, if you understand your editing, your transitions, and your scenes, you're going to do fine. The, the director's number one job is working with the actors. You don't have to understand what the shots are. I mean, you should know all this stuff. Um, but the thing is, you can, you can come in and you have a director of photography or a camera operator that can help you design the shots. Um, you know, you have an editor that's going to put it together. I mean... The key is when you're starting out, you cannot obviously know, be an expert in all of this. It takes years. It's time. So the key is know your script, know about how to work with actors, and slowly learn and, and understand what are just the transitions you want to get from one scene to the other. And then you have a crew that can help you out, ADs, directors, uh, photography, you know, um, script supervisors. They can do all this, and it all comes back to being comfortable with actors. That's very cool. I just wanted I, to tirade, didn't I? Yeah, that was awesome. No, it was absolutely awesome. Um, we're going to have to take a break in a short moment. I just saw and that. I thought, oh, Brooks has to take a break now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the thing is, is I was on a set recently for a TV movie, and an actor improvised a line at the at the conclusion of the scene, you know, right before cut. And uh, the director liked it. I'm sitting back in Video Village with the director and everyone, and the director liked it and said, okay, well then we'll go again and. 
and uh, and they shot again. And then the continuity producer said, "Well, you know, he he now he said he didn't he improv the line again, but in a different place. He didn't he didn't say it where he had before. So the director had to, you know, relay. You know, I really liked what you did, but you got to you now have to change it and go back to the way you did it the first time, so that I can cut because I'm going to cut off of your line when you cross out of the room." Uh, you know, which was different than how the director and the scene had originally ended, but because the actor brought something new to the table, now, you know, and then didn't do it the same way the second time, or maybe it was the third time, but didn't do it the same way mm-hmm. they, the director revamped in, you know, what was going on because he thought it worked better in terms of how yes. he how Well, he, that's you know. the director's job. I know you have to do right. a little update here, but it's like that's the director's job is to... As long as you know the direction, I'm gonna. I want to travel from Vancouver to L.A. I have a variety of ways of getting there, right? But right. I can veer off on a side road and go down here. As long as the journey is going on, and I'm gonna eventually get to my end spot, we can do that. And sometimes we get so focused on I'm going down five all the way, you know. And I think that we have to be aware of that. Go Rex. Uh, okay, so you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official web address is r e x s i k e s dot com. All of these interviews are archived at the Interviews blog as well as available at the iTunes store as podcasts. There's over 300 hours. Be sure to go back and listen to all of them. And please do leave comments before you leave the chat room, before you leave listening to the show live or archived. Leave a comment right there at the player and rate and review the podcast. My upcoming guests are, or will be, is Doug Richardson. Doug Richardson is a screenwriter responsible for Bad Boys, Money Train, uh, Die Hard 2, and, and numerous movies. He's coming up next on the 20th. Nick Mancuso, actor, director, writer, will be joining us again on the 22nd. Gary King, director, has directed a musical. And uh, I think this is just awesome. So Gary's going to join us on the 27th. I think a musical is one of those, to me, it's just is is an overwhelming task to 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 begin to direct. But then again, um, so are huge battle scenes, which Peter knows all about. Laquanda Plant uh, uh, are coming, is coming to, to us on the 29th. She joins us. She's a casting director out of Missouri. I'm sorry, I take that back, take that back, out of Atlanta. And she will be uh, talking about, you know, the, the business of, of being an actor uh, in states other than California and making, a, you know, a career out of it and getting cast. Girls Gone Dead, the, the movie uh, that I uh, co-produced and line produced, uh, is premiering in South Beach, Florida on the 28th. It's sold out, but they've added another premiere screening, I guess, that evening. So if you're in the area uh, or you're on Facebook, uh, you can go and, and see if you can get into that. And the Field Film Festival is a little festival that I started with Firestarter Films and the University of uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, will be the 30th. It's a Friday, the 30th of March at uh, Wauwatosa West High School. So if you're in, that, in our listening area, then be sure to, to go ahead and uh, attend the Field Film Festival. All right, and with uh, no more hesitation. Oh, uh, Peter Marshall's website is uh, actioncutprint.com. Be sure to visit there, actioncutprint.com. Filmmaking Tips is the blog, and the director's chair is the e-zine. So uh, uh, be sure to check into all of Peter's offerings. And we're speaking live with Mr. Peter Marshall. Peter, I had a question that has now just gone outside of my head. If I think of it, I will ask you. I know we have some talking points to get to, but uh, Vampire Mom, Joe Wilson, um, asked a question in the chat room, and I was, oh, I remember my question. And I would like to to, uh, ask his question of you now. Mm -hmm. Because I want to make sure that we do address it. And that was, how do you handle an actor? 
with attention deficit disorder, as in they can't quite keep their head in the scene. Now, I have no further information than that, but that's the question. Okay. Uh, hmm. Well, okay, it's it's a little limited, but um, I think a lot of the one of the key things for directing is is again I, I talked about um, uh, understanding the script. Well, of course, let's go to the other end of directing, and that's understanding about editing. Okay. So if you understand the script part and the story and all the objectives and everything on scene analysis, and forget the middle part for a second, go right into post-production and understand about editing, cutting, beats, how to cut from one thing to another, how to put shots together. That's also going to help you out. Now you come back onto the set. And when you're in a situation where, for example, um, you know, in this particular case or another case where an actor is, uh, I guess when he's meaning was, well, he sort of veers off or forgets a line or whatever. If you have... All the a big scene where there's lots of dialogue, and an actor either uh, for, drops his lines, forgets the dialogue, or kind of goes off on a tangent, or whatever it is, it's not working. Then you, as a director, then you know you try a few of your directing actor skills, uh, speak the language about maybe subtext, use some verbs or whatever. If you're finding that that's not working, uh, that you can't get a sustainable performance, maybe that's what he's after here. How do you get a sustainable performance out of an actor? that you can sustain for a paragraph or a monologue or whatever. Then you have to result, reserve, uh, sorry, go back to your technical experience now about cutting. You say, okay, uh, this is what we'll do then. Without, with keeping the act without going up to the actor and going, you suck. And you're <laughs> it's basically, okay, so how I've always done it is this way. If you're, in, if, if you're in a normal scene, normal, okay, whatever that means, but, you know, sort of a two-shot with a couple overs, in other words, if you're covering your scene, you can do a whole bunch of saving. So what you want to do then is focus on if they have, in this case, you said attention deficit, where let's say they have a page of a scene with another person for a page, and halfway through they kind of veer off. All right, so we'll use that as a guide since that's, that's we don't have any other information. So you want to focus your first few takes on just the beginning, like forget what happens after the second part. Don't worry about that. And then if you go to another shot or another take, uh, if you feel that you've got the first part, you know, on the second take or third take, focus just, like, give the note, give one note on the second part or do a pickup from the second part on, right? And then you put it together in the editing room. I hope that makes sense to everybody because you're using, as long as you can cut away to either another person or the two shot or something, you can do movie magic, and you can go in and get sustainable performances for actors that just either are very don't are not good actors or like you said have problems dropping lines or words or whatever and and this is a very common practice to do it creates kind of a choppy scene because you can't stay like on a nice little two shot but tell the story those are three words that I want every director to understand tell the story don't have big elaborate shots, and if you have a big two-shot walking downtown with a steady cam for three blocks, and it's all one, and the actors can't do it, you're wasting your time. Stop, do coverage, uh, you know, do it in chunks. Understand editing, so that if you really understand the script part, understand your editing and montage part, you're going to do so much better on the set. So I hope I've answered that. And you have. You got a great answer. It makes complete sense. Thanks. You know. So yes, you you got to you got to you you answer you you hit that hammer 
or you hit the nail on the head. Um, uh, as a way for me to conceptualize it, it would be if I'm if I have shot number one, whatever that is, and I have the alphabet, I do the first half of the alphabet, and with shot number two, I do the second half of the alphabet. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I mean you want the yeah, actor to sustain it, but what you're doing is you're focusing on, say, you find out where they go off. I'm just using, right. like, I mean, if it's a page, if it's sort of halfway through or whatever, you try to find that. And this happens all the time. Right. This is not just this is this this is a trick. It's not even a trick. It's just it's a it's a method of working, right. and that I, and I always call it the three the three take method. Like if you're doing a big hundred million dollar movie, you can afford to do you know five or six, ten, fifteen takes. All right, then you can, you're going to maybe get something. But when you're doing television, if you're doing four takes, you're dead in the water. Right? You just don't have oh, the right, time. Right. You're doing eight pages a day. You're doing 25 setups a day, you, and you and you have a location move. You can't be spending a lot of time doing that. If you're right. doing your independent movie, it's the same thing. You know, you've got 15 days to do something. It should be done in 20. So what you want to do is focus on your script, your rehearsals ahead of time, your read-throughs, your rehearsals, so that a lot of that work is done before. And then when you're on the set, you do your you – do, you do, I think you can get everything in three takes. You do your first take. And if if it's great, you go back. You just do a couple more takes, or work on the first part, then work on the second part, because you're putting things together. And it's a great way of doing it. But you have to be tuned in. You have to be listening. You have to, you know, whisper to the script supervisor when when you cut about, okay, just make a note on that. I, a lot of times, what will happen is I will I will sit. The script supervisor sits beside me, and I have my hand sort of wherever it is so she can see that as well. And some scenes. Like as I'm watching intently, I'm focused on it. I'll just say, move my finger, and all she, all I want her to do is put an X beside whatever line I did, right? And then what happens is then when we cut, I'll look at her and she'll show me where these little X's were, and maybe if there's four or five, I don't remember maybe two, but then oh yeah, I want them to do this because I don't want to stop my brain watching what the actors are doing to think about how to correct that because I want to see how everything else is going too. So. It's 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 the understanding the editing process the, how to put shots together, um, is you know it's it's like things like okay we all like uh, you know two actors talking for a page and a half you know or two page scene you got two great actors going and you, you know Steadicam walking downtown it's brilliant shots you have your actors going by you know all that stuff those are great shots when you don't have to cut it's awesome. But what happens if something happens or an actor stumbles over a line or you divide it? So a lot of times what will happen is that Steadicam shot then becomes three shots where you, you, you rehearse it, you shoot it, and then at some point they're going to stop. And you'll see this happen in television over and over and over again, like hospital scenes where they're walking through corridors. The actors will stop. The one actor will turn and over so that they're over the, sh- the cameras over their shoulder to the other actor. And then you know that they're going to cut back to the other actor. So you have a cutting point there, right? And then they take off again. And <laughs> you can see it happening all the time. If you watch tele- it really happens a lot in television because it's a great way to get, maybe, you know, do a scene that's two to three shots in two pages. But it's understanding the editing process. And, and uh, I, again, it all comes back to the script and the editing process to, to work with actors. That is awesome. Absolutely awesome information. I appreciate that. Let me um, say that we have some talking points, and and I, and I, I don't want to sidestep this because this is a very important 
you know, w- what you've been talking about is very important, and I want to make sure that we um, continue to talk uh, about uh, the blocking and the cutting and the, and the, you know, and working in this way um, later on, yeah. um, and and come back to just the the idea of you know, if you've got an actor who is got uh, attention deficit issues or or insecurity issues or maybe they don't maybe they're just fine you 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 always encourage not to over intellectualize yes well i think over like the- directors tend to talk too much boy like just i just did okay <laughs> this is a different scenario when i'm on set i say very few words over intellectualizing is what i talk about uh, what I mean was the director walks up and, and the the act and 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 does does a five minute sort of whole thing on what the movie and the theme and the glory and the actor just goes what was the first thing you said again um, the actor just wants to know like what's this what do I do uh, so one of the things for directors I guess one of the hardest things to do is is to you know I said don't talk as much we can numb actors out you know you you after rehearsal or a take. You find out what's the word or the sentence, uh, the objective. What can I say that can, can, can solve it? And a lot of times my directing walks up and just it's a few words or a sentence, just a trigger word. Like an, We'll get into that, well, I guess, maybe not all today, but next time. But, you know, verbs or other objectives or changing things around. And you want to keep it simple. That's If anybody writes anything down, just keep it simple. And that's really important. And I just I just find that... Uh, you don't want actors to think. You want them to react. And the more information you tell them, it you know goes into our head, right? You want the body to react. So I literally a lot of times will will make a note, oh, okay, or you know even go up to them and say something or say something from the camera and I say roll right away, go 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 go, roll roll roll. Like I'll just be and everything's rolling and the actor doesn't have a chance. The slate comes out, bang, and next thing you know, because I don't want them to think about it, right? So this right. Is, these are the kind of process. And so that's where this over-intellectualizing in, in, in comes in. And, and I think one of the main jobs we have is to listen, you know, is to put those headphones on and listen intently to what's happening. Watch, listen, feel. What are you feeling from them, from an actor? You want to be in the moment just like the actor. You know, I could be sitting on the chair at the edge like if there's a scene going on, I'm totally, I don't, I don't know, I'm not cold, I'm not hot, anything. I'm right there with the actors. And, and if I'm not, it's kind of like you take a temperature. If I'm not there, if I'm thinking during a scene, and if I'm thinking, oh, shit, i got to pick up, I'm sorry, uh, oh, Darren, if I have to pick up bread on the way home, then there's something wrong in the scene, <laughs> right? So all these right. little signs are telling me about the performance, and it's all you take a temperature of your own body kind of thing. And I also found that one of the things, the hardest thing is keeping quiet as a director, which goes back to you know, only say a few words. Is like, just. I I think good directing is just a few words here and there. Okay, let everybody do their thing, and you just a couple words, a couple well placed words, are going to do a lot more than three minutes of over intellectualizing about the theme. Sometimes you'll need to talk about. The actors say, well, let's talk about this for a minute. What are you about this? And because and, everybody's a little different, but most people work on simple word. Okay, actors have to come in. You know, chew gum, hit the mark, do the thing, all everything at the same time, and it's it's a very difficult job that you guys have, and we have to appreciate that. So, I think that those those are the couple of things to keep in mind, you know, from a directorial point of view, 
and that as we get into the actor's language, which I think that will continue next time, but uh-huh. we talked about it, it's so important. You know, we talked about text and subtext. I hope everybody understands, you know, text is the is the script, what's written in the script, and it's sort of the outer world of the character, and the subtext is what is thought. And I always like, you know, I always use the example where a guy goes into a bar and sees a girl at the bar and goes up and says, hi, how you doing? You know, you come here often? Uh, what's your sign? Do you live around here? That's text. What's the subtext? We don't have to talk about that on the air. This is a family program. <laughs> but it's like, that's a very simple example. Everybody laughs at that and goes, yeah, okay, I get it. Because it's right. like, what's, what do you really want? That's the subtext, right? right. So wants and, and then wants and needs. It's like you can divide it all up, and we really have to understand. Well, and then and then how you go about getting what you really want is where the conflict comes in. Well, exactly. Because <laughs> you have to uh, stick to the text. <laughs> exactly. And conflict, of course, is is ultimately, you know, it's what drama is all about. Right. Um and I, I've quoted before, uh, you know, because without conflict, there's no drama. And I always, I always like Hitchcock's expression. I think I've said this before in your show, but Hitchcock said, drama is real life with all the dull bits cut out. And yeah. I've always liked well, that. You know, that is a good like, one, yeah. Yeah, we're just getting to the, just cut to the two. We don't care about it. He gets up, he does this, puts on his pants, you know, does this, gets in the car. No, he gets up, the alarm goes off, he's late, bang, he walks to the elevator, door opens in the office. We get it. Right, we don't need to see all the dull bits unless it's a story point. So those are interesting, and but but also understanding that you know from a script point of view, also the conflict is so important. And uh, you know, like what nothing moves. You know, I think as Robert McGee said, nothing moves, uh, nothing moves forward in a story except through conflict, and it's one thing. So when scenes aren't working. And we do. We talked about this when we talked about scene analysis. You look for that. Is there conflict in there? Is there just two people? You know, they're just both getting along. Okay, maybe that scene is valid, but you know, it's like you need some. You know, I have an objective. You have an objective. And if they're opposite, we have drama because opposite conflict, objectives create conflict, and that's in essence what drama is all about. Uh, so again, go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean that's that's because you segued into that. Oh, it's marvelous. And also, I think, and just one last thing, because I'm probably just all we'll have time to talk about it, are right. objectives, because I have mentioned that. And there's scene objectives, which we talked about at great length previously um, in the script breakdown. But it's what's the intent of the scene? What What's happening in the scene? What's the reason for it? Why does the scene move forward? You have to understand that as a director, because that's going to help you out with ultimately you know, with actors, because actors will look at that too. And if actors are having problems or you're not getting or not ringing true, then maybe it's not the actors. Maybe it's not the dialogue. It's just the scene. What's the scene even in the movie for? Or or what's the problem? There's a there's a problem in the script somewhere. When you read the script and you say there's there's sort of it doesn't resonate true, if there's a problem in the script there's gonna be a, and it's not changed in prep, there's going to be a problem on the set. Ultimately, a problem in the editing room, and ultimately, the audience goes, "I didn't get it," <laughs> or you break the fourth wall, or something. Mm-hmm. So, those feelings and emotions you get as a director when you first read the script, as you do your script work, all the way through pre-production into rehearsals with the act, casting, and rehearsals with the actors, and onto the set, it's like you 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 have to really go to the feeling place, and not the thinking. Thinking place is 
your shots and organizing and montage and, and what color do you want the shirt. And these are all the processes you need to think all the time as a director. But when you're watching the actors, working with the actors, that's the time you have to feel. You have to go to the place. You have to be in the moment with the actors. And if you're there and you know how to get to that place, you're going to be a much better director. Wow. So so well put. So aptly stated. Very, very cool, Peter. It's always uh, a pleasure having you on the show and listening to you and, and learning from you. And I encourage everyone, if you've liked today's show, and I know you have, uh, please leave comments before you go, you know, before you, you leave the player. But also, uh, go back and listen to all the other shows with Peter because they are chock full of fabulous information. And uh, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. So, Peter, I thank you so much. I know you got to run, and I've got to run. And uh, I appreciate you being here. Peter will be coming back in April and in May, and and we'll we'll let you know when that's coming up. So, uh, thank you so much. You're welcome, Rex. Always my it's always a pleasure to start my Thursdays off with you <laughs> like this. Likewise, likewise, yeah. it, it truly is. It's a little earlier for you than it is for me, but, but yes. my my morning starts with Peter, so that's very cool. There you hey, go. Um, and the other thing is is that um, I, I especially like what you said, you know, in other words, talk less, listen more, you know, kind of keep quiet and observe, you know, and, and speak their language when you do talk. I mean, in, in other words, I think a lot of people think in terms of directing as i got to do all the talking, i got to do all the everything, and really you don't. And, no. and Let the AD do all the talking. Yeah, that's very cool. That's <laughs> very cool. No, you don't. All right. You, know, you have to be, you know, if the actor – asks you questions and leads to longer answers, then that's fine, right? If if that's if it becomes a conversation, that's one thing. Right. But yeah, speak less, listen more. And and you will have those. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you will have those. Yeah. But thank you so much, and uh, and have a great time. I will talk to you soon, and then and then uh, Peter will be coming back. So stay tuned to uh, Movie Beat for more of the director series with Peter Marshall. Have a great day, Peter. Thanks, Rex. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Again, I want to thank uh, Peter for being here. Uh, Absolute delight. I appreciate it so much. And, again, we learned so much here. So uh, be sure to help spread the word to all of your friends and all of your movie and industry connections uh, about uh, the director series and about Rex Ike's Movie Beat and about all of these interviews. And do, please do leave comments and rate and review the podcasts at iTunes. And do, you subscribe, because then you can take them with you wherever you go. Now, uh, Peter's website, again, is actioncutprint.com. It's actioncutprint.com. There's Filmmaking Tips uh, blog, and the e-zine is uh, the director's chair. So be sure to visit there and uh you know, get all of his information and, and look into his programs. He's got fabulous programs you're going to want to have. All right. Um, fabulous guests coming up in the near future. Oh, by the way, Peter is on Twitter. He's BC Filmmaker uh, at Twitter. BC Filmmaker. Uh, I tell you that so you can follow him on Twitter. And uh, my Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT. Uh, be sure to follow me there. Um, I have a friends page at Facebook. I'd really like it if you like the friends page. Join me there. It's uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. Uh, Girls Gone Dead has a page there at uh, Facebook. Spade County Massacre has a page there at Facebook. Uh, so go ahead and, and look into those. And uh, let's see what else. Other than that, uh, stay tuned for my upcoming guests. 
and um, have a fabulous day. You know, make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>